Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBrantz and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello, this is Don Wright Bronson, and we have Peter Mingles here. Peter's here. Peter's here, and we have a fabulous guest tonight here on The Dash, Mr. Rob Oliver. Welcome. Thank you Thank so you much, much for joining us. <laughs> yeah, you know, we have we have this really great guy, Jeff, who he comes around and he says, I found somebody fabulous, or he I, I say fabulous, he says great. And um, every, he's been really hitting it out of the park. So just thanks to Jeff because, you know, we have... Woo-hoo, he's Jeff a, Yay, he's nice a great, great producer. He's he just really job. hitting it out of the park. Him and John have found some really wonderful people for us to share our time and space with over here. And uh, we don't give them enough credit and enough kudos publicly. So there it is. Um, Rob, you have been through some really, really intense stuff. And your story is probably only... Only done justice if told by you. So why don't you give our audience a little bit about how it all happened, when it all happened, and and who you are, and and what your story is all about. Absolutely, um, and way to go, Jeff. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, it's it's a story that starts obviously um, when I was young, I growing up, and um, learned a lot about life. My parents did a lot of good instruction for me and teaching me that sometimes you just got to be yourself. And that really came to a head when I was 21 years old. And I was involved in a body surfing injury. And for those that aren't 100% aware, body surfing is surfing without a surfboard. So your body is actually the board. And we were on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. It, the waves were intense and excellent and a number of my friends and I were all in the water. And as I was riding the wave in towards the shore, this particular wave, instead of it carrying me forward, it actually pushed me down, and it pushed my head right into the bottom. I hit my head on the bottom. I felt a crunch. I heard a pop, and then everything went cold. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've done some body surfing and and uh I can I can attest to being terrified as I was being toppled under the water. Um and I cannot even imagine what went through your head at that moment. What did go through your head at that moment? It was one of those things where you hold your breath, you wait, and you pray because that's about mm-hmm. all that you can do. And I will make this confession now. That was back in 93. And uh, as I was under the water, I kind of rolled around and my face cleared the water for just a quick second. My confession is this. Because it was 93, I was wearing a bright purple swimsuit. I was. It had yellow trim with a pink pocket on it. It was one of those things that almost looked like you needed batteries to keep the thing lit up. It was a bright swimsuit. But my friend, when I did, when he saw me when my face cleared the water... And when I didn't stand up, he knew something was wrong. He came in after me, I saw the bathing suit, 
and it saved my life. So he got me and pulled me out of the water, and, um, you know, brought me out where I could breathe again and kind of try and assess what was going on with my life. Wow. So um, the next probably hour to maybe whatever of your life was pure chaos, right? It was it was bodies and people panicking and ambulances and EMTs and lifeguards and whatever. Do you remember any of it? Oh, yeah. I was conscious pretty much for the whole thing. Wow. And so I was conscious. They took me. I, we're, like I said, we're on the Outer Banks. They took me to an ambulance, which then took me to a helicopter, which airlifted me up to the local hospital. Wow, life star. So, yeah, like I used to be an EMT, and um, I I was always curious what it, what it must be like listening to the helicopter come in. Do you know? Are you so totally aware of exactly how serious it's got to be if you're if you're being airlifted? At that point in time, I didn't really think about it because okay. the helicopter was there. Um, you know, it was one of those things that they had to okay. take the ambulance from the beach over to like a firehouse, mm-hmm. and the helicopter was sitting there. Uh, Got and it. I, I understood this that we were probably an hour or hour and a half away from the hospital by car. All right. So, because we were so remote, it didn't scare me as much that we had the helicopter. Got it. So when when did you when was it that you finally got to where you were going and started to absorb what was what what your future was about to be? Like, did they, they come in the next day? Was was family with you the whole time? Yeah, I did have my family there, and for the first couple of days, they really had me drugged up pretty much, mm-hmm. and it was touch or go as to whether or not I was going to survive. There wasn't a whole lot of discussion about anything that the future held. It was, are you going to make it? Mm-hmm. And so I spent... And were you aware that, that you were in that you were hanging in the balance like that? Yeah. I, it actually, my awareness of that started when I was on the in the helicopter. Riding the helicopter up there, they had me strapped down with my neck braced and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I started to get nauseous. And I knew that I was going to, I mean, not to be gross, I was going to throw up. And so I started to holler at the co-pilot to let him know, like, hey, I'm going to puke. And because of the loudness of the rotors and because we were starting to get closer to the hospital, he wasn't paying attention. And when when I lost everything, there was no way to clear it. There was no way to breathe now all of a sudden. And I realized... It's possible I got out of the water, and this is as far as I'm going to get. But thankfully, they were able to see what was going on, clear my air passage, and I was okay from there. But there were a couple of incidents like that where I realized that I'm hanging on to life by a fairly slim margin. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you get to the hospital. They get you through a couple of days, and who, who was it that was, you know the the person who stood by you during this time. Where was it? Mom? Was it dad? Was it a significant other? Yeah, mom and dad were there, but my girlfriend at the time was also there, mm-hmm. and she was the person that I really wanted to talk to. So it was about three days before I was able to talk to anybody because I was on a ventilator, and it was that was a rough time. But 
the very first conversation that I had was with my girlfriend. And, and how did that go? <laughs> it was a very, very emotional discussion. Because by that time, they had started to talk about what my prognosis was, what was going to happen in the future. And they didn't give any decisive information. But what they had started to talk about is the fact that there were likely going to be some limitations. They weren't sure exactly what they were. But in talking to her, I said, hey, listen, the future looks like there's going to be a lot of issues and problems. And if those problems are too overwhelming for you, it's okay with me if you need to leave because I want you to be okay. You are what's most important to me at this point. And I said, I don't know what kind of pressure you're feeling from other people that mm. would make you stay here. And they would say, you know, if you leave me now, you left me at my hour of greatest need or whatever people <laughs> yeah. would say about No pressure, that. really. <laughs> yeah. And I said, those people aren't a part of us. Mm -hmm. And those people are not going to be a part of our relationship going forward. Mm -hmm. So we need to do what's right for you. And the last thing I said is, I don't know what you're feeling towards me, but if you're just feeling sorry for me or you're feeling pity for me, that's not the foundation for a lifelong relationship. Sure. And so she got really mad, and with big tears in her eyes, she said, listen, what I love about you has nothing to do with whether you can walk or not. I love you for who you are on the inside. And if you think you can get rid of me that easy, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, two things come out of that. The first of which is when you find somebody that loves you for who you are, you mm -hmm. marry them and you don't ever let them get away. Uh, she is my wife, and she is the most beautiful creature that God ever created. That is so awesome. The oh, we should have had him on a Valentine's, Peter. <laughs> what, awesome. yeah, exactly. Yeah, let me throw awesome. this other thing in for you, and that is, she really gave me the foundation for living with a disability. And the foundation is, it's not about what you can't do; it's about who you are. Mm -hmm. And who you are comes from inside. It comes from the heart. It comes from the mind. It, it's your personality. Unfortunately for her, I still have the same terrible sense of humor that I had before. <laughs> and I am still a guy, and I still think like a guy, and I still act like a guy, and I still do all of the things that other guys do that drive their wives nuts. <laughs> That's just who I am. But when you have the understanding that it's about, it's about me, and it's about who I am, Mm -hmm. And it really helped me to establish my understanding about disability. I don't classify myself as, you know, a quadriplegic. That's not how I identify myself. I'm yeah. Rob. That's who I am. That's what gives me value. And that's what I bring to the table whenever I, I'm in a relationship or a friendship or when I'm looking for a job, any of that. It's about me being Rob, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And... You know, the beautiful part is, you know, so many people would choose to let a situation like this um, occur to, to them and def that entire accident would be the end of the life that they really brought everything to, to the party, you know, and it would define them and the drama around it would define them. And um, people let a divorce 
kill their life spirit. They let like life or some issue that occurs or an obstacle that occurs or a tragedy that occurs define the rest of their lives and um they get so stuck in the story and so stuck in the drama that they disappear. You know, and it seems to me that both you and your wife, what is her name? Her name is Becky. That you and Becky have both let this moment um you know, you defined that moment and uh that's just really amazing stuff and we will talk more as soon as we get back. So this is Dawn and Peter and we're with Rob Oliver here at the Dash. Do you run a home-based business? Are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? Are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? Look no more. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively. If you're brand new at your business and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level, for email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more, Network Leads is what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organizations. Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash the dash radio and register for your free lead management system today. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, Click follow at the top of our show. Then hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. So we are back at The Dash with Rob Oliver and... Uh, I got to tell you something. This is kind of an interesting little segue that I got to say. You know, we just we spent the entire beginning of the show thanking Jeff. Okay, now Jeff is my ex-husband, and him and I we work together today, and he works with Alex, who is my husband, and we are all the best of friends and very close family. And my kids work on the show, and we have just a real family business. Peter's been here. We're just a super tight, very extended family, and um, and Jeff ended up crushed between two trucks on the highway, and um, he is not paralyzed, thank God. He ended up still being able to have um, a great deal of his motion. Uh, But, you know, I I look at people who have had really, really major physical challenges and what they choose to become, you know, it's, it's really just an amazing transformational process that, I think that, you know, and you have to speak to this for me for a minute because, you know, it's that define the moment or let the moment define you thing. You know, sometimes, you know, we can let what happens to us, you know, completely define and create this bitter, shriveled, angry person who, you know, just does whatever time is left in their life like it is some form of jail or purgatory and we can feel really sorry for ourselves and we can be shriveled by the experience or we can go ahead and step up and step into whatever it is that life has in store for us and then we can create all sorts of things from that point because then it becomes just what it always is which is it's whatever we want to make it you know so do you have you really looked at i see that you've you've gotten your degree was it in psychology is that what i saw yes i have my master's degree in psychology 
But so is me, it okay? Go ahead. Let you me want just to go throw somewhere. this in. One of my favorite mm-hmm. quotes is a quote from John Wooden, who was the basketball coach at UCLA for a number of years, and he said, "Nobody ever succeeded by focusing on what they can't do." Mm-hmm. And it is times of adversity, and whether it's physical limitations or whether it's emotional experiences that we have, whatever it is, that really bring all that into focus. And we've got to take a look. And I'll give you an analogy, and this is one of the things that I share when I'm speaking. The analogy is the optimist and the pessimist look at the glass as being half full or half empty. Mm -hmm. In life, nobody has a glass that's actually half full or half empty. There are some people... And they have a glass that is almost all the way filled. And some people, and they don't have very much in the glass at all. The question becomes, where is your straw? (laughs) So you know people, and their glass is almost all the way filled, but their, their straw is in just the top where there's nothing. And they're miserable about what they don't have or what somebody else has. And they're... They're just not happy people. And there are other people, and they don't have a whole lot going on, but they have taken that straw, they put it all the way down into the bottom of the cup, and they are getting the maximum enjoyment and the maximum uh, the maximum ability out of life. It's all mm-hmm. about where you put your focus and what you are drawing out of life. Because you know the people that just have their straw in a little bit, they are not getting any sustenance out of life. They're not getting anything to give them meaning and to give them joy. The people that are have their straw all the way in, they are the ones that are truly getting something out of life to sustain them and to give them something to keep going for the next day and for the days following after that. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's a matter of perspective. You know, people people look at things differently um and i found that when i have had some really really intense tragedy in my life and i hear people whining about things that is just so seemingly inconsequential but for each person whatever we're going through is that big for us you know and do you find that you have a very major gift at taking at giving people some perspective well, here's what I want to make sure that I don't do. I had mm-hmm. a very, very startling and sad experience. I gave a presentation one time, and a gentleman came up to me after the whole presentation was over, and he said, man, I really need to thank you for your presentation. It put everything into focus for me today. I thought that I had problems, but then I met you, and you've got real problems. That's not what I'm talking about. No, what I definitely know. <laughs> is the fact that everybody's got problems. Everybody mm-hmm. has reasons that they, you know, are barriers to success. They have things that they could focus on, whether it's, you know, relational issues, it's family issues, it's financial issues. Everybody has problems. And it's about taking those problems and deciding what you're going to focus on. I was talking to a friend who had lost a parent and was very angry and upset about the whole thing. And yet, after a while of talking about it, we started to talk about all of the experiences that they had had with that individual. 
and taking it and turning the perspective around and instead of being angry for all of the memories that will not be created in the future, to really put the appreciation on the memories that have been created and the impact that that individual had on their life and to enjoy that and to put the focus there rather than being you know, completely consumed. There is loss. And there is the grief of not being able to see that person on a daily basis or interact with them as you once did, but it's still appreciating what you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, how how do you feel getting uh, how how do you get somebody to see where they have their straw positions i mean you know that's a really amazing analogy and and i would think that once you have that visual in your in your mind um it, that that maybe maybe letting people know that your straw is you know up and out of the glass is something that you tend to tend to be able to give people as feedback um is is that something that you've been uh, able to go ahead and point out to the people in your life? There are times when I think about that, and here's what my position is, Don. I can't heal for anyone else, and mm-hmm. I can't grow for anyone else. What I can provide them with is the information. And so when I go and visit folks that have been uh, recently injured with a spinal cord injury, it's taken me a long time to get to where I am and I can provide them with some of the perspective that I have and some of the tools that I have, but they need to go through the experience for themselves. And hopefully what I provide them will give a stepping stone to them to make it easier to go through it on on their own timetable. But it's one of those things that you really need to challenge folks, and then folks have to take the challenge for themselves because if they're not willing to apply it to themselves, I can say all I want, I can give them all the good advice, I can give them all the perspective, but if they're not willing to acknowledge it for themselves, then they're not going to grow from the experience. Okay. Peter. Peter's right here. I know you have questions. Oh, uh, first of all, I love the interview. (laughs) I love the interview. Jeffrey did a great job bringing Rob here. Rob, great story. And I was thinking about the story of Becky, even though we didn't know Becky in the uncomfortable situation of when you were telling the story, trying to jump ahead a little bit. Did she stay? Did she go? (laughs) You know, you gave her permission to go, all of that sort of stuff. And then to see that she stuck around was a nice ending to the story. That was, uh, it's not ending yet, but obviously it's a nice transition in the chapter of the book that you're writing. I'm going to say something I hope um, comes across the right way for the right people. I'm not surprised that you're succeeding no matter where you go. Because before the accident, you were a person, and after the accident, you brought your mindset with you. So that you're succeeding isn't really surprising for me, because I really think you'll be a success no matter what you do, because of just the attitude you are and the actions that you take and the I'm the go-getter and going to figure out another way of getting it done. And I know there's probably a whole bunch of stories on everyday life stories that you could share with us that share with you how you start your day with a little bit more of a disadvantage than maybe some other people. Speaking about the gentleman who said what he said to you about, geez, by comparison, I feel better. If he's normal, he probably remembers that, what he said to you for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Be- because that's sometimes what happened. I'll never forget, this isn't about me, but one time I saw a gentleman who was blind he signed my book, 
he, when he signed my book, I was like, oh my gosh, he's got a, a blind guy has a better signature than I do. And Ooh. I said that. And out loud. Out loud to him. Oh, I said, God. oh my gosh, you're blind. You, say, you sign better than I do. So as one gentleman who said one thing that was unkind to another gentleman one time, I lived my life thinking about, that was the stupidest thing I probably ever said. So hopefully that gentleman probably feels the same way. Now back to back to your story. <laughs> you know, it's frustrating, of course, how we can do lots of things. We can fly people to the moon. We can identify, as we've seen from other uh, things, you know, space aliens and stuff like that. But we just haven't been able to figure out how we fix that spinal cord after it's been broken temporarily which really kind of stinks because you think with all the medical stuff we have right now, that would be one of the first things we could figure out. But um, it's unfortunate that we haven't been able to do that just yet. And then relative to your situation, um, and the, the I'm, gonna, I'm not going to mention handicap because I don't know any other way, but the disability, or the, obviously the, the stuff that you have to deal with on a regular basis, how um, does that sometimes influence what you have to do? I mean, if you can't leave the wheelchair, then you can't do certain things. How can you still figure out how to write a book? You know, you wrote a book, Rob. You wrote a book. I mean, you wrote it again, and you're writing another one. You're finishing the chapter. How do you do that if you don't, if you can't move, or if you can't do those some some of those things? So maybe as we start to come back, uh, you can share with us some of the tools that you have available to overcome some of the physical disabilities that you might have because you can't move the same way, and how maybe you've been able to use those to uh, to be able to write that book successfully and then, you know, rewrite it and edit it as you're doing right now. So I know we're going to come up to a, a, a commercial in about a minute or so, but do you want to get started on that part of that conversation? Like how overcoming do you do obstacles. Yeah, overcoming obstacles. How do you deal with it? Well, let me just jump on one thing. Uh, you were talking about the spinal cord injury and the cure for that, and Christopher Reeve was really all about finding the cure for spinal cord injury and overcoming. I've come mm-hmm. to a place in my life where, yes, I'm interested in that, and that would be great if they can come up with a cure. Great. But in the meantime, I'm going to live my life. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. And I don't need to be cured of my spinal cord injury to be a whole person. Right. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and, and I completely understand where you're at because, you know, you can focus your entire life on finding a cure and miss your life while you're doing that. So I applaud you for that because, you know, that can be it, – it's not everybody's um, everybody's focus. It's it's some people's focus, and Christopher Reeve did focus his, his energy there, and he's done a lot of really amazing stuff. But I've got a story it, it, like, for you after the break. Yeah, let's do that break, and uh, we'll be right back with Rob Oliver here at The Dash. Savage Smokes is a new site on the scene dedicated to the trending electronic cigarette industry. If you are looking into e-cigs as an alternative to tobacco and have been disappointed by the ones you picked up at the gas station or you kept your money in your pocket because you didn't know which one to buy, head to SavageSmokes.com for honest and up-to-date electronic cigarette reviews on most e-cigs you see on the shelves. You've been listening to The Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the dash radio. And now... Back to the show. And this is Dawn Wright's Bronson, Peter Mingles, back with Rob Oliver. And Peter, I'm going to let you go ahead because I'm all excited. I'm just 
keep talking, so I'm going to let you guys take this one. Well, like like I said, there's no you know no surprise Rob's going to be successful no matter what he does because he brings his head with him and he's a, the right kind of person, which was an attitude that either either born with, developed over time, was influenced and all of that sort of stuff. But it's many years later. And lots of people would probably think, you know, how in the world can I write a book? I can't physically write a book. You know, I can type, you can type. He might not be able to type anymore. So let's talk about those types of things. Because, Rob, I work with people with all different types of disabilities myself. I work with blind guys. I had no idea they were blind. I work with people that are disabled. And some of the best people that I've ever had a chance to work with um, that I never physically saw, I would have never known that they had any kind of a thing like that. So what are some of the tools that you might use or what are some of the things that you do to overcome the phys- – and, and I hope, I, I hope I'm, I'm saying things the right way as far as physical disabilities or physical inability to do things. I just don't know other way to describe it. But you might not be able to write a book like I might be able to write a book or type on a keyboard. How do you physically do that? Is it something you dictate? Is it something that – what do you do? Um, yeah, you guys have given me so many uh, different areas that I can go in, and I'll try and cover a bunch of <laughs> That's us, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show. <laughs> first of all, let me just give you kind of the thumbnail sketch of my abilities. At this point in time, I am paralyzed from the chest down, and I only have limited use of my arms and hands, so I don't actually have use of my fingers. I do have a little thing that I slide on my right hand and I can type one key at a time. But for major writing, I do use voice input software. And I actually think that that comes across better in the book because as you're reading the book, because I told it as a story into the computer, you're reading it and it kind of comes across in that good, in a story form. Uh, And Peter, the... The one thing that you had mentioned about not being sure with all of the politically correct language, let me give you a quick, hopefully minute or less, lesson on my take on political correctness. You guys know the word handicap originally comes from the Old English, cap in hand, because individuals with disabilities were unable to have a job and they weren't able to work, so they sat by the road with their cap in their hand. And that's where the word came from. So they decided, you know what, that's got a lot of bad connotations to it. The reason that the people are different is because there's something they can't do. They have a disability. They are disabled. And then they said, you know what, that's a label that has really stuck with people, and we need to move the person first language. So now they moved all the way up to it's now a person with a disability. And I really appreciate all of the work to be politically correct and all the work in person first language. But the fact is, I don't identify myself as handicapped, disabled, or even as a person with a disability. I'm Rob. That's who I am. And I just deal with the reality of that on a daily basis. Perfect. Okay, so back to the software. Yes. Um, you, um, you use the software. There's probably people on the phone that are wondering, like, what do you do? I just became, like, an evangelist for this voice-enabled software kind of translator thing. I picked up a copy of Dragon for myself because I realized that typing was a physical limit for me. Like, I should have really used more than two fingers when I was in 10th grade and Mrs. Catalano was saying, don't look at the keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I told her that I was just going to be rich and famous and I was going to hire people like her to do my typing for me and then she slapped me. She didn't fail you, really? She didn't fail me, but she thought it was cute too because they said it with a smile. 
I said, Mrs. Catalano, so I figured that Dragon software works fine, and I use uh, chat on my phone now, and like, for instance, Apple has their Siri thing, yes. so I could literally speak it, and with pretty good recognition, I don't want to throw it across the, the, throw it across the room. So do you have a specific version of software that you like to use? Because some people, you know, without being an endorsement, would probably be hanging and say, like, where is that? Well, I wonder which one he's using. Right. Well, let me say that, that I have been part of the evolution of voice input software since the time of my injury. Wow. And at the time of my injury, they had stuff out there, but it was discrete recognition is what they called it. Uh-huh. And you had to pause between each word. Mm-hmm. It was it was faster than typing for me, but only barely. Now they're up. To, I use Dragon, naturally speaking, and I think they're up to version 12 or something at this point. And you just talk, and it puts the words up on screen. The accuracy is incredible. It will even punctuate the thing for you without you having to speak punctuation if you want to do it that way. It's incredible. Okay, so use Dragon, because that's what I yep. do as well. So I thought it was great. I bought a couple of copies for me and some of my people. One of my guys, one of my guys, Tony, uh, just can't spell. I mean, literally, English is a second language, and I'm embarrassed by him uh, doing some chat for us because I'm like, Tony, where did you get that spelling from? And he's like, well, Peter, like English is my second language. I'm like, I'm buying you the software. This stuff works great. So you were able to write a whole book based on that. And Ab- community- absolutely. Excellent, excellent. Okay, good. All right, so what else? Come on, give us some gems. Come on, we're stretching you here. All right, no problem. Well, uh, you had mentioned Siri, and I've got the iPhone 5, and I don't understand exactly how I was as productive as I was before I had this thing. It's fantastic. So I'm able to, now I'm able to text and everything. Now, let me throw in something that's a little bit scary at this point, and that is not only did I go back to school and get my degree, I actually went and got my license again. So even though I'm in a chair, I am driving from my wheelchair using only my arms. Awesome. Yeah. And driving so, what, Rob? Dr- driving what? I've got a big old van with a lift in it. No way! Yeah. Congratulations! Actually, Woo-hoo. Okay. Rob's mobile. Yeah, Rob's mobile. Um, well, let me just say this. I'm not just mobile. I'm going everywhere. That's awesome. I got my new van last June, and we're now in April, and I've got over 20,000 miles on it already. Holy cow. (laughs) So I'm not sitting around letting any grass grow under my wheelchair, so to speak. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And so are you doing a book tour? You're going out speaking, doing, doing stuff at schools? I see all sorts of stuff on your site. Absolutely. Well, My primary job right now, I work for the Disability Rights Network of Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. and I do advocacy there for people with disabilities, making sure they are not being abused, neglected, or having their rights violated. Mm -hmm. And then in my spare time, I go out and I do speaking. I speak to schools, associations, companies, uh, anywhere that I can get folks to come together and sit down and listen to me and just try and share the message that, hey, we all have problems, we all have limitations. What we need to do is take a look at what, what we can accomplish and do that to the maximum of our ability. Without question. So, I mean, just since you brought that up, you know, I mean, I don't live in a world where I witness that people with disabilities are, you know, really being harmed. 
And um, I know that a lot of people don't see what's really going on out there. You know, what do people need to keep their eyes peeled for, and what can they do to be supportive of people who are who are really struggling in this area? One of the biggest problems that people with disabilities face is social isolation. And so most of the time you get people like that, and the only people that they interact with are people that are paid to interact with them. Mm. So they're seeing an attendant come in that helps them get up in the morning, and um, they're seeing a social worker or a service coordinator, those types of things. They're seeing nurses. All of the people in their lives are paid to be there, and they don't develop a whole lot of social um, interactions. And one of the things that I think is really important to focus on is that everybody has value and everybody has something that they can do. And so if you are aware of people in your circle that have a disability, being willing to include them, but not just to patronizingly include them, find out what it is that they do, what it is that they know about, what it is that they... um, can do for you, and that way they are able to, um, you know, it's the kind of, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. Let me give you some examples of that. Um, For me, I did very well in school, and so I am the go-to tutor in our extended family. And when anybody's having trouble in college, send them over to Uncle Rob's house and he'll help them out. Uh, that's something that I'm able to do, and it's providing value to others. And so when I'm asking them for help with something, it's not just me always being a taker. It's me being a giver as well. Mm-hmm. So if there are people out there that would enjoy interaction, I mean, how can if, – if there's like a bunch of us, you know, and we want to go ahead and make a difference, you know, how does one go ahead and – and find out if there's something that we can do for people in our local area. Well, Are there volunteer programs? You know, I don't know the answer to that question, but here's what I'll say, and that is there, the incidence of disability is much higher than what you might realize. In the United States, they're talking about approximately 20% of the country has some form of disability, and... So there's going to be somebody in your social circle, whether it's somebody's mom or somebody's brother or somebody's friend, I, whoever it is. There's Look for the folks that are in your social circle, in your network, to reach out to them and include them as much as possible. Is That would be my suggestion. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, I have a best friend whose daughter was born with only a portion of her brain, and um She's been dealing with nurses in her house since since uh, Summer was born. And, um, you know, it's a really difficult world to live in, you know. And, and it's a difficult world for family to live in as well, you know. she she has Summer has a wonderful family, people who love her, um, and a whole family of people who are very, uh, very intimately involved in her care. But, um, you know, it's it's a world where the state runs your life and where, you know, agencies make all the decisions and you know her her very her sister can't even you know be there at 18 years old taking care of her without somebody saying well you shouldn't be the one who's alone with her 
or if you know her her 24-year-old brother had to get out and go to the bathroom and he's not in the room with her then somebody's calling somebody and it's a really people don't realize the the stress and the strain that it can put on the family that it can put on everybody and so if you know if if you're hearing this and you know some people who are who are dealing with the challenges of either living disabled or living with someone who's extremely disabled you know you would never believe what just making a phone call or stopping by and offering to just have a cup of tea or letting somebody run to the store might actually right. <laughs> well, let me just throw one thing in real quick and that is mm-hmm. um there are it takes a while to figure out sometimes what people's strengths are and what people's abilities are. Mm-hmm. And I remember from probably somewhere in my teenage years, my mother teaching me that one of the marks of character is how you treat people who may not be able to give you anything. Mm-hmm. So you're, I don't want you know, people to go visit um, you know, anybody that has a disability because they want to feel sorry for them or mm-hmm. because... But just to be able to be there and to be friends and to talk and to share interests, and even if it's to go watch a baseball game with them or the hockey playoffs are coming up, anything like that, where you're talking about shared interests and shared ideas and really treating people as people and not having them be confronted with their disability 24-7. That's really, really, really important stuff. Absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up. We have about two minutes before the break, um, and and we're going to go ahead and get into a bunch more stuff. But I, you know, what if you had something to share with someone who's out there listening? And um, you know, because this is an entrepreneurial radio show, you know, and we really focus on home based business a great deal. And you know, there's what would you say to somebody who maybe has not been looking at all of the things they can do and maybe they've been looking at what they can't do a little too often for a little too long you know how did you really get your focus to the place of let me focus on what I can do I mean where did you make that it sounded like you had really huge support and that you you really came in with a fantastic attitude in life in general and of course I'm going to make this a long question and then we're going to get to the commercial break. So after the commercial break, when we get back, <laughs> I want you to talk a little bit about how you made that your focus so that the people out there who might not be making that their focus can do that. Let's do the break, and we'll come right back after this. Are you in a run about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business deserves the best, and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts, And you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. Visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash D-A-S-H taxes. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then... Hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. 
Hello and welcome back to the Dash. And this is Dawn and Peter's here. Peter, are you here? Did you get knocked Peter's, off for a storm? Peter's here. This okay. is a thunderstorm, but I'm hanging on. All right, and we're here with Rob Oliver. And just before the break, um, I, I just want to repeat quickly the question. You know, if you're talking to somebody who's been who's been really looking at the problems and looking at their own obstacles and looking at what they can't do, how can you? How did you make the shift to focus on what you can do? And what would your advice be to somebody that's struggling in that area? It's a great question, and from the entrepreneurial side of things, I think about I have my hand in I don't know how many small little fun business ventures, mm-hmm. and it's a matter of thinking about, I, I taught myself how to do some web coding. I taught myself how to use a product called WordPress online and to use make blogs and to do all kinds of things. Uh, I decided to have fun, and I had an <laughs> idea, what about creating letters from Santa Claus to send to kids? So I made my own website, uh, and... I, you can go to Letters From and get Santa Claus to send your child a personalized letter at, at Christmas time. And it's a matter of thinking about what is it that I can do and what is it that I'm interested in. And for all of us, we need to really sit down and take a look at our focus and take a look at our interests and to do an inventory of what is it that I can do. And if you don't know how to do something and you're interested in it, learn how to do it. Teach yourself. Research it. and Get out there on the Internet. So many times the Internet is a very wonderful tool that we can use to waste lots and lots of time. But the information that's available out there to teach us how to do things is, is incredible. And you can teach yourself so much. So it's a matter of what are your interests and how do you and matching up your interests with your abilities. Now, I will say that I have three kids, and I affectionately call them the elves that run <laughs> that run my letters from business, uh, because they're the ones that are putting the paper in and putting the running the envelopes through the printers and all that. But it's all a matter of having an idea, and then you need to be creative in how you implement that idea. Do, you have, do I have time to give you another story? You do, yeah. You have another 15 minutes before 10, 10, 10 or so. All right. Well, when I was in rehab, I moved from the acute care setting of rehab to the actual rehab side of things. I was about two months after my injury, and I went into the occupational therapy department, and my OT asked me a question that I really changed my life. She said to me, what do you want to do? And I said, like, what do you mean, what do I want to do? You know where my, I'm injured. You know what I'm capable of. You tell me what I'm able to do, and I will live up to those expectations. And she said, no, this is about you setting your goals. You tell us what you want to do, and we will work with you to accomplish that. You may not do it like you used to do it, and you may not do it like everybody else does it. And it may take a lot of creativity and it may take a lot of effort and work to get it done, but you're able to do whatever it is that you want. And that really opened up my mindset to understand that this is, you know, the limits that are in my life are limits that are placed there. A lot of times I 
myself or by others' expectations of me. You know, and that is amazing. You know, <clears throat> Les Brown, who was one of my all-time favorite motivational speakers for many, many moons, he had somebody say to him, and I've always felt it. I felt it the minute I heard him say it. I felt it in my in my gut that it was just a pure truth. Um, he had somebody look at him because he was labeled educationally um, challenged. I don't remember what the actual term was, but it was it was a really derogatory term. And he had a professor look at I him. Think it was, they called him educationally. Educatedly, mentally retarded, or mentally something like retarded. that. Mentally retarded, yeah, educably mentally retarded. I think is what it was. And his professor looked at the professor who responded to him said, "Don't you ever let someone else's opinion of you become your reality." Bingo. And ever since I heard that, it was twenty some odd years ago. I got goosebumps. It just triggered that profound truth meter within my soul, and I thought, absolutely. And all of us, no matter whether we have a physical disability or a mental disability or we have no disability that might might have been um, created uh, from some external force, but we have, you know, those limiting belief systems in our own minds, you know, and those are those are always the challenging ones, you know. Or our parents might say something, you know. They might. I I, I had lots of um, balcony people in my life, and I had lots of basement people in my life, and. It's it's really easy to believe the stuff that says that we're limited, no matter whether it's you know from from an accident or if it's from an intentional mean person <laughs> saying something to us. It's really easy to believe in those limitations, and so you know I just think it's it's awesome that that you had people that were there telling you no, it was up to you, no matter what, it's always up to you, because I yeah. think that's that's the truth for everyone. Well, there are so many people that are out there, and you've hit the nail right on the head, people that will tell you, you can't do this because of that. Mm-hmm. And if that were true, you, I was just listening to the radio this morning, and they were talking about a guy that plays in the NBA. His name's Nate Robinson. And he's probably 5'7", maybe 5'8". And they would tell him, you can't play in the NBA because you're too small. And yet... <laughs> Last night, I believe that he set, uh, I think he had like 23 points in one quarter. It was incredible. <laughs> and so the people that say you can't do this because, well, if you're willing to say, you might think that I can't, but I'm going to give it a shot, and I'm going <laughs> to give it all of my effort, that's going to be what gives you the power to succeed. Absolutely. That's awesome. So, you know, before we get off of this show, I would just like you to talk a little bit about this magical human being named Becky. Because, you know, you guys were, what, 21 years old? Twenty-two. Yeah, 21. We got married when we were 22. That's awesome. Now, did she come in with all this sage wisdom? Was she just one of those people in life that uh that never let her let her get anything get get her never let life get her down was she just one of those people because you know i i have dealt with an awful lot of people in my life who have had injuries or experienced things and and that conversation didn't go that way for them so you know does she does she write with you does she travel with you tell us a little bit more about this fabulous human being you live with uh, she is uh, and I think that she would be proud for me to call her this. She is the boot to my backside. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. 
And she is one of the people that just reminds me on a regular basis that, like you, uh, that I am very fortunate, and I've got a lot of wonderful things going for me. And um, she reminds me that she is one of the wonderful things in my life. <laughs> how can I be upset when I'm married to somebody as wonderful as her? <laughs> um, but no, she, she and I actually worked out what an agreement. And the agreement was I was still in school when we got married, but she was working. And so her take was, listen, I will work and support you until you are done in school. And then once that happens, it was my obligation to go out and be the breadwinner and support the family. And what I really appreciate about her is that her expectations of me are not lessened in any way because of my disability. And her expectation about my role in marriage, my role as a father, my role in anything, it's not going to be like, well, you can't because of your disability. It's a matter of let's figure out how to make this all work and how to work together to make things happen. So she is absolutely wonderful as far as just accepting me for who I am, but not being willing to accept anything less than my best out of every day. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, Jeff Jeff just Skyped me and he said that with his spinal cord being pinched up that he was told not to live in a glass house. Um and you know, not to live his life being afraid of breaking, you know, and I think that um he said that it was the neurologist at Grady Memorial in Atlanta, you know, and I think that every single person who deals with um, you know, something that could absolutely make or break them. You know, those of us who didn't, like, just decide to go and give up and hide from life have that defining moment of that one person who became the boot to their backside or gave them that little moment of inspiration. So I think that all of us need to make sure that when we leave this show and we go out into our day, that we make sure that we remember to be that little bit of inspiration for somebody because, you know, like, I mean, I I don't know. This is what I'm getting about today's show, that we need to make sure that we give those words of inspiration to somebody and we mean it. You know, it's not about just, you know, blowing smoke up somebody's skirt. It's about truly knowing that, you know, we're not limited by anything except our own belief systems and uh and being that motivation and inspiration to another human being can can mean all the difference in the world. So I just really, truly appreciate you and your story. And Becky and, and her answer to you that day just inspired the heck out of me. Peter, usually I, you're the one doing all the talking, and, and today I just couldn't shut up. No, so. that's fine. That's fine. Well, I needed, I needed you to. Because okay. when he started with his Becky story at the beginning, I was kind of tearing up a little bit. So I really needed to, I really needed you to kind of carry the show. Thank you. Is there anything else? I just love Rob's story. I mean, Rob's story is a wonderful story. It has very little to do with the disabilities that he that he has. It has everything to do with what he's done with everything that he's had, and the technology has allowed him to create an environment where he could actually do a lot of great stuff. And none of us would have ever known his story unless he told it to us. That's the guy's great. writing so, books. The guy's doing blogs. The guy's helping people. He's inspirational. He did not slip when he didn't say, like, Becky, drill sergeant, Becky. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. You call her ma'am, you know, because I suspect he's probably done that a couple of times. When, like, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. So 
So there's, but it was a great and inspirational story. And just for my own personal sake, um, I, I, I learned a lot about stuff when I was in the field and working with people. And one day I ran across a woman who was selling a set of books to people, and a woman was laying in a bed. And it was a hospital bed, so I realized that she was probably paralyzed. And when she got finished with that, she says, I was able to hear the whole thing. My, my, my brain still works. My body doesn't anymore. Do you need some help? And she was actually the best telemarketer I ever hired. So I learned a long time ago that mm-hmm. um, people, uh, you know, they still have their brains. They're still people. Just like everything that Rob said a little bit earlier, they can do amazing things. And the technology today allows that to happen more than ever. I mean, it's amazing. So, Rob, inspirational. I remember this forever. Thank you very much. Well, absolutely. And, and super quick, everybody, you can get over to Rob and his site at yourmotivationalspeaker.com. We're going to do a full article. Alex is going to do the beautiful write-up that he always does of all of our all of our guests. And um, you'll be able to go ahead and grab his book right through the Dash Radio. But make sure you get on over to yourmotivationalspeaker.com and grab Still Walkin' by Rob Oliver. Thank you so much for joining us, Rob. And for Becky, even though she wasn't here, she was here in spirit. Thank you so much for the inspiration. And uh, we hope that you have nothing but true success in your life. Thank you we so have much. Back. We have to have Rob And we'll back. have you back for sure. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you guys right. very Thanks. much. Bye, guys. Thanks, Rob. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thedashradio. Again, thanks for spending some of your Dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.